Hey, good morning and welcome to our all virtual service on this Memorial Day weekend. Hey, over the last several weeks, we have been going through a sermon series called Fixer Upper. It's been a walk through the book of Nehemiah and it's been really, really awesome. I was studying and praying of what would God have me to say on this kind of unique, special weekend. And God kept on leading me back to the book of Nehemiah. We walked through the first 10 chapters, almost 11 chapters of the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah actually ends in chapter number 13. And we're going to dive in and unpack chapter 13 in just a moment. You know, Memorial Day is a day that friends and family, coworkers, we kind of get together. Many of you have different plans. Some of you going to the race this weekend. And we get together and celebrate the freedom that we have by remembering those that gave their lives for that freedom. Memorial Day is kind of a, a reminiscent weekend, or it's at least designed to be a reminiscent weekend. Everyone likes to be remembered for the good things that they do. And remembering does some really great things for us. It makes us have perspective and it makes us thankful, gives us grace for others and is designed to make us more loving and kind and patient. And Nehemiah ends the entire book with this one phrase in Nehemiah 13, 31. He actually says the word remember me several times in the chapter, but he ends the chapter by saying this, remember me, my God, with favor. See, Nehemiah had done a lot of great things. He had led a group of people back to a city. Even though he was in captivity, he actually asked a king to release him, to bring these men. The king then gives him resources. They rebuild the wall. They rebuild the city and do all of these awesome things through turmoil, through opposition. And yet at the end of the book of Nehemiah, it doesn't end as awesome as we would want it to be. And so Nehemiah ends with this phrase, God, remember me with favor. And we're gonna unpack chapter 13 and actually ends up being an uplifting chapter, but the first part is a little hard to get through because Nehemiah shows up after the rebuild of the wall, the rebuild of the community. He goes back to the king that had held him captive, works 10 to 12 more years for this king, and then convinces the king to let him go back and check out this city that he had created a long time ago. I don't know about you, but if you're a parent and you have a kid and you let the kid or children, kids, spend the weekend with grandma, grandpa, or like maybe like Denise and I did once, one time we went to California and dropped her off at my mother-in-law's house for the week. And the previous couple of months, we had really made some headway and some victories with raising our daughter. She had started to go to bed on time. Her sugar intake had been decreased. More vegetables had been introduced into her diet. But then when we picked her up at the end of the week, you know what had happened? All of those good habits had gone away and had been forgotten. And you know, we were on our way back 
and we were thinking to ourselves after this awesome week, after picking up our daughter going, did we do something wrong? Man, did Jocelyn remember anything that we had taught her? And so Nehemiah must have had the same feeling. He shows up a little over a decade later and the city that he had centered around the word of God had gotten them to give generously and to have purpose had now all of a sudden lost all of those things. And I wanna show you really quickly from chapter number 13 that doesn't seem to be an uplifting chapter at first, but in verse number 26, we see that first they strayed away from the word of God. Uh, It says that King Solomon of Israel, Nehemiah is telling all of these people um, that he's talking to. He says, didn't King Solomon of Israel sin in matters just like this? See, what had happened was all of the people had gotten back into hanging out with and being like people that did not believe in God. And so they had started to even intermarry. And he says, there was a king like him, not like him among many nations. He was loved by his God, just like you guys were. And God made him king over all of Israel. Yet foreign women drew him into sin. Why then should we hear about you doing this terrible evil and acting unfaithfully against our God by marrying foreign women? And the foreign women, wasn't, it wasn't against them to marry people of a different race. It was the fact that these people did not follow the laws and the commandments of God. So Nehemiah is saying, we even have a precedent for this. King Solomon back in the day, remember guys, 10 years, we talked about this. You can't marry people and intermarry people that don't believe like you. Why are you doing this? We can see even from God's word that this is not the way that we're supposed to live. So they had strayed away from God's word. And then second, they had also stopped giving. In Nehemiah 13, 10, Nehemiah says, I've also found out that because the portions for the Levites have not been given, each of the Levites and the singers performing the service had gone back to their own field. He had set up this structure of church and they had completely forgotten it. They just decided we're not going to pay the people working at the church. We're not going to pay the singers. And so they said, well, we can't work here. So they had gone back to their field and everything he had built started to crumble. Verse 11, therefore, I rebuked the officials asking, why has the house of God been neglected? And then lastly, to kind of sum it all up, they had just plain forgotten their purpose. Their purpose had turned into finances. It had turned back into happiness. It had turned back into relationships. So to speak, just like the illustration we saw last week in the hub of this wheel, one of the spokes that were also important, like relationships, like finances, like all of these other things that are good things, had become the purpose or the hub of their life. So Nehemiah, he says again, verse 14, this, remember me for this, my God. And I can kind of see him just like begging and pleading. He says, and please don't erase the deeds of faithful love I have done for the house of my God and for its services. Have you ever felt like what you've done wasn't noticed? Have you ever felt like you put in a lot of work and no one was there to see? Have you ever felt 
husband, wife, that there are times that you've prayed for your son or prayed for your daughter or prayed for your family. And it just seems like the whole world doesn't care. You ever put in the work, maybe at your job, and you felt like you were deserving of that promotion, and then you were the last person that anybody looked at, even though you put in more hours than anybody. Vain labor is hard to deal with. And I'm sure as Nehemiah walked into this city, it was absolutely depressing. I'm sure that as Nehemiah walked into this city, he probably had high hopes going, man, I can't wait to see what has been built for God. And then to see all what seemingly seemed to all of his work just have been for naught. Nehemiah goes around and he actually, if you read the chapter, acts a little bit violent. And he goes in and throws some things that were in the house of God that shouldn't have been in there out of the house of God. He rebukes in a very strong way and actually gets a little physical with some of the people that were destroying the, that, uh, that God had been the center, destroying that, um, God being the center of their life. And so it says in verse 30, he did this. He says, I purified them from everything foreign and assign specific duties to each of the priests and the Levites. I also arranged for the donation of wood and appointed the times and for the first fruits. So he kind of gets everything all set back in order before he ends up going and leaving again. But I want to make this statement. And if you don't remember anything else from this message, I want you to remember this because this is the lesson that God was teaching Nehemiah after all of this had transpired, after the rebuilding of the wall, after uh, the rebuilding of the community and all of the disappointment that Nehemiah had coming back a decade later. This is the statement that I want us to remember from this message. God remembers and values personal faithfulness more than public accomplishment. I'll say that again. God remembers and values personal faithfulness more than public accomplishment. I could even add the word in there, private personal faithfulness more than public accomplishment. Our private life is much more important and valued by God more than our public life. Nehemiah was not looked at as a failure by God. Can I speak into your life for just a moment and tell you that mom, keep praying. Keep praying for your son and keep praying for your daughter. Dad, can I say, keep being faithful. When no one else is around and no one recognizes that you have been in the word of God and giving generously, and when everyone else around you even maybe criticizes you and you see those things that you worked to build so hard crumble away, God sees you. And God values you not because of your public accomplishments, 
but he values you for the time that you spend in his word. He values you because you are a child of God and because of the relationship you have and the close, intimate moments that you have. Student, can I speak to you for a moment? As you go to school and maybe there's ridicule and maybe you thought you were actually making a little bit of progress and bringing others to Christ and then it just seems like all that work that you put in kind of dissipates away. Maybe you have a broken relationship with your parents and you've been doing the hard thing even though mom and dad should be the one investing in you. You've been investing in them but yet they still do not seem to come around. Can I encourage you that when no one else sees it, God sees your accomplishment. It may be a private and personal accomplishment. Maybe no one sees that this week as you took the 30-day challenge, you've been in the Word of God early in the morning and no one else sees it. But can I tell you that God sees it and He values you because of the private relationship you have with him. So after Nehemiah sets everything right, he says in verse 30, if we can put up that slide again, I purified them from everything foreign and assigned specific duties. He sets everything all back up. Verse 31, I also arranged for the donation of wood at the appointed times and for the first fruits. And then he ends the book like we just started the message by saying, remember me, my God, with favor. Faithfulness and change takes time. It's where the real work is done. It takes constant attention. Nehemiah like many of us, I know I can speak for myself, thought that the job was done. But we have a saying around here, it's life is messy. Everyone is welcome and anything is possible. Sometimes we get stuck on that anything is possible through God. And we think that once that possibility becomes actual truth, that we will never have to revisit that ever again. But the truth of the matter is, is that life is messy and all those around us, the relationships around us, the people around us, the jobs we have around us, all of those things we can't control. I know we'd like to. I'd like to be able to control everybody around me and make them godly and make them live for Christ. I would love as a pastor to be able to get rid of all sickness. I'd love to be able to get rid of all of sin. But the truth of the matter is, is that we live in a broken world. What I can control and what you watching me this morning can control is your personal relationship with God. We don't have to be disappointed in God, although we may be disappointed in other people. The work that we put in may be disappointing in the fact of it didn't yield the fruit that we thought it would yield. But can I tell you that the fruit that remains is not up to you or to me. It is up to God and the faithfulness that we put in in our relationship with God is what counts. 
So can I encourage you this morning, on this Memorial Day weekend, when we remember those that gave everything for us, who, by the way, didn't do that so that they would be remembered. They did it for a cause greater than themselves. And so as we celebrate those that gave their life and remember them, could we ask God in the same way that Nehemiah did and say, God, if you're going to remember me, would you remember me in favor? Not for the accomplishment of the city or the wall or the public things that everyone else can see, but would you remember me for my faithfulness to you? God bless. And hey, we'll see you back here next weekend. It will be all back in person. And I cannot wait to see you and your family.